everyone, and welcome to 1923 Main Street. Home of the Daddy-Daughter Disney Travel Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Mike Bellabratic. And I'm Amelia Bellabratic. And today we're going to be talking about how to do Walt Disney World your way. And I'll tell you something interesting about this episode. First of all, if you are a regular listener to our show, you're probably at some point going to say, who is this guy? Because I may sound like a different Disney planner today. Because I've sort of had a revelation recently, and this Mm. episode is all about, as Amelia said, Walt Disney World your way. Sort of, let's ignore all the noise out there and just book a trip your way, because there's been a lot of changes. Which means, listen to Dictator Amelia. Well, we'll see. There's been a lot of changes to the parks and how things operate, and more changes coming. And even without Genie, which we are obviously going to talk about, I was going to do this episode anyway. And the point of it was to try to take stress out of, we've been talking about that a lot recently, taking stress out of your vacation and just enjoying it like the way it used to be many years ago. But it's very hard to do that when someone undermines your every plan. Well, we're going to plan less, do more. No, that's your way, not my way. Okay, well, I want to talk about doing Walt Disney World your way. Which means however you want, and that for you could be planning a lot, or it could be Believe me, it is. doing what you want. The point is, what happens is when you start planning a Disney vacation, you tend to get sort of caught up in this vortex of swirling stress. Got to book this, got to book that, got to do well, everything so far in true. advance. It is if you're planning it for your family, and there's usually one person in the family. Yeah, but it's not stressful, it's enjoyable. Mm, not when you're the planner. This just shows you have not actually done the planning. I did the planning last time. Not the booking and planning. I was right there when you were doing it. Not always. See, you don't see what goes along with all you master planners out there. That's because I have school. You are just underappreciated by the rest of your family who really doesn't under... And I know you're nodding right now. Who real? Not you, Amelia, but the (laughs) planners out there who really know that the other folks in the family don't really know... All the work that went into it. And that's fine because planners like us don't mind that. But let's start with doing it a little bit differently now, doing it your way. And I don't really include think include yourself in that group. I really think the genie is actually gonna help. And we'll, Do we'll, you? we'll wait till we get to that because I know we will have a lively debate, but there's been a lot of details that have come to the surface in the last few days. All right. Where to stay? So obviously you know if you listen to us, we like deluxe resort hotels. But really, where to stay, I'm coming with a whole new philosophy, is not as critical as you may think it is. What? Who are you? That's what I said you were going to say. And I mean, I would always recommend you stay on site. But look, everybody has different budgets, different likes, and all that sort of stuff. So doing Walt Disney World your way, for me and for us. But it's critical to your enjoyment and that's the most important thing. Yeah, well that's right. And your enjoyment may mean I don't want to be stressed about paying for a deluxe resort if if I just can't afford it and it's a stretch for me, for example. Or I have a huge family and I like art of animation suites. Whatever the case may be. No one has ever said that. Really, where you stay Just pick what is important to you. If you do want to be close to the parks, if that's really important to you, that's fine. But you know what? From from a moderate perspective, I think Port Orleans, either one, are pretty good. That would be my choice. If I stayed moderate, that's where I personally would go over Caribbean and Coronado. 
either one of those two Port Orleans. So, yeah. well, moderate's not exactly value. No, and you can work your way around whatever works for you for where you stay. So I'd like I to see you stay at a value resort. To do it your way, just take it easy, book whatever's comfortable for you, consider park proximity and whether you're going to have to take buses and all that stuff, but where to stay, not as big of a deal as we often make it out to be. This is easier said than done. There are a lot of choices for where to stay. And sometimes just like picking one randomly is not always the best option. I wouldn't say randomly, but I would say don't overstew about it. So, you know, here's what I'm saying. People spend a lot of time stressing about, should I do, let's say you're staying moderate. Oh my gosh, should I do Riverside or, you know, French Quarter or or Coronado or Caribbean Beach? And they're on, just pick one. (laughs) At the end (laughs) of the day, they're all nice resorts on site. And you're going to be happy with your choice. Go with your gut. Don't overdo an overstew. Do not overstew the pot because it will dry up and you'll feel stressed and crusty. You're going to stop talking so I can insert my two cents for now. Yes, go. Basically. Time's up. (laughs) All right, continue. Don't overstew, but it's still an important decision because if you are staying at a hotel that you don't like or that is inconvenient for you, it can make all the difference. Well, that's why I said consider those things. But when you get to a- Consider the following. When you get to a point that you're down to one, two, or three, pick one from there and I'm sure you'll be fine with your choice. Mm -hmm. All right, so- Let's not spend a time on where to stay. Do it your way and make your choice and you'll be happy with what you have. Dining, unfortunately, is still something you have to book ahead. But again, pick the one or two you want. Try to get those and just chill on the rest, right? You don't Dining have to make the whole thing so overstressed. I agree with that. Because there's so many... Honestly, and, and table service dining is important because they have... So many great table service dining options at Disney, but also quick service is they have great options as well. And you can not necessarily quick service, but just go and buy food that's not table service where the food is still really good. So even yeah, that is quick service. And you don't have to do table service all the time. Right. And at Disney Springs, there's a lot, a lot of good quick service now. That's two lottas. That's what I meant. Yeah. But and what I'm saying is you're going to have one or two. Usually we... We're at the point, we go a lot, we're at the point, okay, what do we, where do we want to go for table this time? If we haven't been somewhere and I want to review it again, we'll do that. But just remember, the more you pack in, the more that affects your schedule negatively. So the, if you have seven negatively. days, well, if you have seven days with seven reservations for dinner, then you'll have a great dining f- stomach. Yeah, but this is where stress comes in. So, but again, doing it your way, if if as long as you're aware. So the point of doing it your way is just be sort of be aware of the decisions as you make them. My recommendation is not to have dinner reservations every single day. I would say four at the most, and I think three would be ideal. And then I wouldn't include a character breakfast in that because breakfasts are different. They don't yeah. they do not upset your day as much. Breakfasts uh, are different, but I also wouldn't have a breakfast and a dinner on the same day. That's too much. Well, it depends on your eating habits. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can get. So yeah, it's not ideal. No, I know, but I'm just saying don't try to do that. Well, someone might. Everyone you know, hey, it's doing it your way. Oh, so what ups I can't obsessively plan, but they can eat. All they can eat all day long. Yeah, if it works for them, whoever them is. <laughs> what if it works for me? What if obsessively planning works for me? Did you ever think of that? Well, that's doing it your way, and that's okay. 
Great. So next Disney vacation, I'll obsessively plan, and you will follow my every dictation. Great. And the other thing to consider are events and activities. So that would be things like if you're going to do the Wild Africa trek, or if the Star Wars tour comes back. Or like the Boobash. Or or you want to play foot golf that we talked about. or Yeah, or any of those things. You have to account for those. Some of them have to be booked further in, in advance than others. So as you're doing your plan in your way, make a separate column for what do I need to book in advance? Just chart it out, but don't overdo it. That's the point. Yeah. And I mean, now with Disney's new developments, they're making a lot of things less book in advance, which some people might like. Others might think is a disastrous move on their part, but you know, it's up in the air. So if you don't want to plan far in advance, there is still a lot of stuff that you can do with the new things that Disney's coming out with. All right, let's dive right into those. Because really, like I said, I wanted to do this episode of Disney Your Way with the whole purpose of de-stressing the vacation, right? Just do it your way, like you would any other vacation. Don't get caught up in the hype online about Disney vacation planning and people... But what if stress is my way? Well, it's not. It's it's your way in a bad way. So we're going See, to de-stress. You claim you're doing it your way and then dictating my way. no. We do it as a family. I always ask you. That's where you come in and you help make decisions. That is going to change. So I think it's going to be better. So Disney Genie, we now know the big day is October 19th coming up. That's when it launches. And I have gone a full... Well, I was never against it. I mean, I've been waiting for it for years, literally. Mm. They announced it years ago and then COVID hit and I've been going, where is Disney Genie? And at one point, I was involved in a project to build a Disney planning app, third party, just like this. But I stopped that because of Disney Genie. And now I'm glad I did because I now... No one's using that. I now think Disney Genie is actually a, going to be a really good thing. And well, I'm excited to see it. Okay, anyone can go back to previous episodes and see if that's a complete lie or not. I'd be interested to know if you guys find out. No, but I've said I've changed my tune. Oh, okay. I didn't. I'm still going to wait and see, obviously. We don't know until things really launch, but there's a lot more details now about it. Not just pricing, but about the whole app. So Disney Genie itself, I really love to do Disney your way. And I really want to try this for our family. Even though we've been over a hundred times, a hundred weeks there, not a hundred park visits, thousands oh, way of more park than visits. Yeah, over a thousand park visits. Oh, but yeah. I really want to try Disney Genie and see what it does for us and sort of have some fun. So What I'm saying is whether it's your first or second, you know, one of your early Disney World vacations or, you know, people like us who go quite a bit, I think the Disney Genie is actually going to be quite a bit of fun. And I actually like the paid options, but we'll get into those, not the pay part, but just the way things are working. So first of all, the way it's going to work is there's a tab called My Day And you put into Disney Genie things you like. And this is really helpful if it's your first vacation. We're not using this, though. I'm Disney Genie, not you. Just to just to clarify, I am our family's Disney Genie, but you know, for other families, it could... It no, could. I'm going to use it, and no. you can come along for the ride. <laughs> no. We don't have to use it every day, but we're going to try it. No. Well, we're going to use Disney Genie Plus, but we'll get into that. Yeah, but that's different. So it offers you personalized activity, and it maps out your day. So I'm looking at this as it's going to be sort of fun. First of all, what I like about this is everything is now in one place. Your mobile orders, your there's even wait lists for dining now, virtual queues. It's all in one little, it's like a mini app within an app. So it's in the My Disney Experience app. It's like a 
It's like column a part of it. Thing? Yeah. As as I understand. <laughs> a column thing. It's like another tab that you open. Yeah, so you've got everything in one spot. And then of course, it'll update on the fly as your day goes. So Let's say you've put in all your stuff, you say what rides you want, let's forget the paid portion right now. It's going to map okay. out your day and tell you when are the lowest ride times for each of these rides, and it'll factor in people who are paying. Because what I like about this digital app is, unlike FastPass, the paper ones, or FastPass Plus, because it's all digital now, Disney tech behind the scenes is going to know and see, you know, the algorithms will know what's going on. So they really can optimize everybody's view. We'll see if it really works. Okay. But what happens if there's like an outage or if something goes wrong with the power? What happens then if it's all on the screens? That's my concern with the Tech outage. (laughs) That'll be interesting. If there's a tech outage, we'll see what happens. There have been... Yeah, because I want to know how they deal with that because that's what I can think of as something that could go wrong in this case. Well, it's a good point, and it hasn't hap- It has happened once or twice, really, because the That's last it? the last fast passes were digital. You'd go online and book them, and you'd use your app. Well, yeah, but it's the last fast passes were more. You book ahead, and then you have it, and then you could like screenshot it, and it's there. It's not constantly changing and moving on the fly. So in tech terms, they will have redundancy on redundancy, I'm sure, because they are banking everything on the tech. But I do like the way it's going to adjust and adapt. If you have dining reservations, it'll, you know, obviously work around them. But what's really cool is they even made a point that if you decide, you know what, I want to go back to the hotel, you can adjust it. You know, you'll say we're going back to the hotel for this long and it'll retool your whole schedule. It's great in theory. If it works, yeah, it will be exactly. great. And I'm assuming it's... The idea, yeah, the idea is great. The idea is great. And I, the more I've read about it, I really like it. And, you know, it'll work around reservations, even if you want to go get an ice cream or, and stuff like that. So oh, we'll see how it actually cream. works. There's even a custom tip board included that'll give you tips for other rides, like optimizing your schedule it's sort of like when I do my taxes online and there's an optimize. Oh, what a great comparison. <laughs> Disney and taxes. I know. Bad comparison. Well. But let's lead us into the money portion of the discussion because this is where all of the gripes are coming, I think. Yeah. Now, you have been a vocal activist for pay for play. I am, and I continue to okay. be. Okay. So what do you think when the people complain about this very thing? What is your opinion on the Pay Disney Genie? Okay, so here's my opinion on this. Um, And it's not a popular opinion, but it's a fact. So I know people don't like it and they're going to complain. And as we've said, they're going to say, I'm never going again. And it's all about money grab and this and that and this and that. And it is to some degree because, you know, I'm taking a Disney Institute course right now. And Disney is a business, and they reiterate that, right? It's not a it's not a free thing. It was never meant to be a discount vacation ever. You know, even Walt Disney's original one, he spent, you know, there's a lot of money that goes into the parks. So pay for play for me is not a bad thing because it's not your only option. Of course, you can stand and wait in line. And guess what, folks, for the first Three decades, that's what we did, right? Before FastPass ever existed. Yeah, because to be fair, that is a fair point. And a lot of the complaints don't seem, I mean, I know they realize it, but they don't realize that you can wait in line and they're just so used to not waiting in line that they don't want to anymore. I mean, if you visited pre-paper FastPass, 
That's Which all you what, ever like did. The, and two, then and then you were going, whoa, this is cool. Now I've got the but and it was free, right? So yeah, but how long ago was that? What twenty million years? Not that long. Ago. Well, long ago for you, fifty years. Yeah, no, but now it is pay. But I would like to raise the point before we get into this further. Other parks. Disney's the last to do this. That's right? a fair point. They were the last to charge. I, I remember, and I think I've said this before, when paid parking at the hotels became a thing, same group of people most likely freaked out. But guess what? Disney was the last hotel chain pretty much on Earth's major one that charged for parking. So they hold out as long as they can for their shareholders and business and yeah. bottom line and everything else that, yes, it's a reality. It is a business for profit. It's not a charity. Yeah. So they started charging for parking. Well, Universal, Knott's Berry Farm out in California, our local theme park here, Canada's Wonderland, they all charge for fast access. Yeah, It's not like Disney is the first one and, oh my gosh, Disney, how dare you come up with this idea? Yeah. They're pretty much the last major theme park on earth to do it. And you know, I, th I think we do forget that often. And so people can complain. And well, they will. You, you know, you're right to complain. It's upsetting if you, what was free you now have to pay for, but that is just the reality of the business. And Paris, Disneyland Paris, Disney Shanghai, they've all have paid options now. So... The North American parks coming online with paid options are pretty much some of the last Disney parks and some of the last major theme parks of any kind to do this. Maybe we're just the Disney people that complain. Well, it is. I like mean, the North Americans, the Disney. Yeah, people. I don't know if it's a North American thing. I mean, I don't like to pay more, but well, I do. No one likes to yeah, pay more. But it's you know, I but I understand why they do it. And as long as there's a benefit to you as a guest to doing it, and as long as you have the option not to do it, that's fine. It's just like a VIP tour. Do you go and complain that they offer VIP tours for $3,000? No, you don't have to do it. You don't have to go on 20 rides without waiting in one day, but you have the option to do it. The same here is coming with, in my opinion, this is how I look at Lightning Lane, and this cool individual. We now know more about that. So let's talk about this, because I really think this is all about doing Disney your way. You are going to have a lot of flexibility to spend your dollars however you want, and you do get a benefit from it. That's a good point. I actually think this is going to work better. Now, I was just discussing with my wife, Amelia's mummy. She was arguing this is going to be worse, and I'll explain why I don't think it is. Let's talk about it first. So there's Disney Genie, which has all that great planning stuff. That's free. You don't have to pay for anything. It's really cool. It's going to give you res reservation ideas, recommendations, wet rides to go on when. If it's your first time, I think this is a, a godsend. Yeah, I think this will pretty much put every other of these touring businesses out of business because Disney's finally bringing it home. Well, if you're and, a touring business, you're not a big fan of this. Yeah, no, you're not. And But I really think it's going to help. And I think travel agents will still have a role because they can guide people through how to use all this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bit confusing. Yeah, but it's looking pretty simple. I like the layout. They, they've showed layouts and everything, even though it's not live yet. So the paid version, the Lightning Lane, will be for $15 per person per day, $20 in Disneyland. I don't know why it's costing more there. Although the, <laughs> technically they do have more rides, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah. Out of all the parks? Yeah. With only two parks, they actually have more attractions. How? I don't know. They really jam it in over there, as you know. That's why Mummy likes it there, too. But anyway, wow. the Lightning Lane, 
$15 per person per day. If you are staying on site, you can start at 7 a.m. on the day of whenever you're using it to book your first attraction. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. What's but I'll be doing it, so... Yeah, what what's with the 7 a.m.-ness? So, Mummy was saying, my wife, that this is going... You're not going to get on anything, right? Everything's going to be gone, and you're going to pay your $15, and you can only book one at a time, so by the time you go to your next one, it's going to say you can go on Big Thunder at 8 at night, and you've wasted your money. Actually, she said Space Mountain, but whatever. Here's why I think that's not going to happen. If you look at the old, most recent fast pass version fast pass plus right no you Rest could in peace you could book three rides 60 days in advance so that really tied up the inventory you had you you were able to lock in three rides for every day of your trip two months before you went there if you were staying yes. on site so by the time people get there all that stuff three times as much stuff is locked up boom done out of the inventory well you can only book one at a time on the day of with the new one. To me, I see there's going to be way more inventory available then because you can only book one at a time. And if you're staying off site, you can't do it till you get into the park. So guests who are getting the Disney perk of staying on site will always be one step ahead if you do it right on that 7 a.m. Yeah, on but that if day. you're not staying on site, then you're at a disadvantage already. But there's still more inventory in the system because there weren't three a day locked up two months in advance. That's true. That's how I think it's going to work. And because it's digital, completely digital behind the scenes, Disney's algorithms can really optimize it for you so they can show you what is available and move things around. And if something's getting too crowded, shuffle it to later in the day and you'll never know. And I think they'll do it for the benefit of the guests. That's what we're That's relying true. on. That's true. But you have to rely on the Disney technology, which I think is pretty good. I mean... I really they... love there. As a, as a digital marketing person, I love Disney's technology. I always have. I think they've done a great... You know, it's it, they've learned and adapted quickly as they went. So I have a lot yeah. of faith in this system. I have a lot of faith that it would work. If it does everything that it claims it's going to do, it seems that it'll work very well. And I mean, I do understand the problem that is the you have to pay and it can add up because per person per day. And I'm wondering if you have to do it for all the days or just certain days. I don't believe you do. Yeah, I don't know about that because it has not been released yet. And then there's a but. second tier to all this, right? So first of all, if you pay for Lightning Lane, you also get these cool photo lenses that I think they partnered with Snap right in your phone. So you can create your own sort of really? magical photos. Yeah. And that's included when you pay for Lightning Lane. And then there are the individual pay. So now we know how it's going to work. So in each park, there are two rides that are not included in Lightning Lane. And if you want to get on them without regular lines, you have to pay a la carte. So per ride, per person, and you can only do two a day. And there are only two in each park. So in other words, they're yeah. saying you can go on each one of those once each day. So okay. do you want me to run through what they are? Yes. In Magic Kingdom, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and Space Mountain. Yeah, that really surprises me. And some pricing has been released, whether or not it's true. I read it in a business article, just to give you an idea. So Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Why Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? On a weekday, we'll charge $10 per person to get in the Lightning Lane and $12 per person on a weekend. Does so, Friday count as a weekend? Yes. 
Usually it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday is not a weekend, Disney Parks. And then in Epcot, this one surprises me a little bit. Let's see if you can guess. Okay. What are the two rides currently? Currently. Ooh. I don't know, because I would not have guessed um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, because, I mean, I don't... I mean, usually fine. it was the longest line. I know, but, I, that's, but so that, I, I would have probably... Well, actually, Peter Pan's flight has the longest line. Yeah, that's line, a good point. So that'll be, be in the regular lightning lane. So people will like that. Yeah. Okay, so... Because I, I don't use like Seven Doors Mine Train that much as popular. It give me your Epcot be. guesses. Um, The two rides that will be not included in lightning lane. And let me add this while you're thinking. If you want to do these a la carte, you do not have to buy lightning lane. It's a completely separate thing. So, in other words, you can just pay for the top two rides in each park, or the two rides they've designated in each park, and then forget Lightning Lane and do everything else standby. I'm trying to do if you want. this, but I can't even think of rides that are, oh, oh, okay, I just thought of the probably the most popular two. Okay, go. Um, I have three that I feel like it's two of the three. Okay, go. Either... It's between Test Track, Soren, and Ratatouille, maybe because yeah, it's you're new. sort of right. But it's, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is one. I would, I, I believe that it's much. also going to have a virtual queue, which is help. But the other one's Frozen. So Frozen Ever After and Remy's. Those mm. are the two. I know it's surprising. No, that doesn't surprise me. Actually. But I think it's good. That leaves the other two in the regular Lightning Lane. Yes, that's good for me. Now, when Guardians of the Galaxy opens, they've announced it will open next year. They just didn't say when. We'll see what happens to this. Well, they I think they'll drop Frozen out. That's my guess. And leave Ratatouille in that one, the two newest rides. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if you can guess the two. Well, but that doesn't surprise me that they did Frozen. It's a very popular ride. Yeah. So those two will be a la carte, not part of Lightning Lane, and you will have to pay individually to get on them. I think the max price they've said is $15, which is not... Uh, I, listen, I don't think that's bad. It's I know some people may bad. complain about it, but... Well, you're also saying $15. I'm thinking Canadian, but it's No, not, 15 it's, US. Yeah, I know. Whatever, but, right? 15 yeah. it's not a big deal. <laughs> even, it's not really Even that with big. an exchange rate from euros or wherever yeah. you're coming from. If you really want to go on the ride, it's not... It's, it's not, not a big deal. Without waiting. You can still go on the ride, remember. Wait, without get, waiting? Well, this is Lightning Lane. That's what it does. Well, if, like, are you waiting in a fast pass line or are you not waiting? You're waiting in a fast pass line okay, well, without waiting standby time. Yeah, don't so say without waiting. And remember, the old rules apply. If you want to go anything, get to the park when it opens and go right to these rides. As always, rule number one, you will have the shortest line. Yeah. Okay. What two in Hollywood Studios do you think are going to be the a la carte? You don't need Lightning Lane, but you'll have to pay if you want to get a fast pass. Well, definitely Rise. And I was going to say Correct. Rockin', but actually, I'm going to change it to, I don't think they'll do both Star Wars ones, or maybe they will, because those are probably very popular at the moment, but maybe Mania? No, you are right. Rise of the Resistance. And I've heard 15 bucks. And if it's that cheap, and I say cheap, and I know people are going, what? Well, One... Rise of the Resistance, before the only way to get on it without a virtual queue was to buy like a <laughs> Spend thousands $7, on a VIP tour. Yeah, yeah. VIP tour. So, you know, $15, not too bad in comparison. Nope. To it, be honest, it is you guys. Rise of the Resistance and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh, I keep forgetting yeah. about that yeah. one. So those are the two a la carte in it's Hollywood really Studios. They are not them. included in the Lightning Lane. So even if you pay the $15 a day, you will have to pay extra to get on any of these two in each park. So and finally... So basically they're just doing the new ones. Well, we're now going to Animal Kingdom. Flight. Correct. And 
Everest? Correct. Yeah. So Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest are the pay-for-play <laughs> a la carte rides in Animal Kingdom yeah. Park. How long has it been since the new ride opened in Magic? Uh, well, we've got Tron coming and well, yeah. Seven Dwarfs was the last one. Oh, okay. So basically they 2013 did... 2013 or, or 2012, still can't remember. It, I don't think it opened right when New Fantasyland opened. No, it But didn't. roughly less than 10 years. All so right. They all, so they just basically did the new ones. Yeah, pretty much. Which tend to be the most popular ones. Mm. Although you're right, Peter Pan's flight. So that's a cool thing. People Listen, will like that. That's fine. Because half of these a la carte ones, I don't want to do. So I really think, you know, to sum all this up, if you're going to complain about pay, you're going to complain about pay. But putting all that aside, I think that these options with the Disney Genie on its own for planning and these two paid options really will make it a lot better to visit Walt Disney World, especially Walt Disney World your way, which is the whole point of the episode. If you're going to combine like we are, the app and the paid options I think it's going to give you a lot of flexibility. Oh, yeah, but I think everyone's complaint is that now it's becoming more of a luxury vacation, even if you want to stay at the values and stuff. Well, it's the last of the major theme parks, which are luxury vacations. I mean, they're not your local carnival. We all have local fairs and carnivals and things that open just in the fall, like our exhibition here, which has been closed for COVID for a couple of years, but... These are not that, right? These are high-end Universal Studios, Walt Disney World or Disneyland, uh, Knott's Berry Farm, Canada's Wonderland here I don't in know our what local Knott's area. Berry Farm it's is. very close to uh you see it by Disneyland. It's it's like Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's think, got I'm thinking like Six Flags, Magic Mountain, those all of those. Like it has the screaming coasters, right? These oh. are the top end theme parks. So it is the last of the top-end theme parks to add in the pay option. Yes, it would have been better without it, but they didn't just make the existing Fast Pass paid. What they did, I think, is made it better for people. So yes, you're paying, but I actually think, and the proof's going to be in the pudding, whatever that expression means, we'll see. Well, the proof is when you actually, when it actually happens. Yeah, we'll see. I believe, as I analyze it myself, yeah. that it's going to be better. Yeah. I do think you'll actually be able to, like there, with the old fast pass, we'd go, we didn't even we use all We got on all two, th maybe three. Yeah, we didn't even care about some of the other ones in other parks. Yeah, and you know, I did hear apparently that Disney got complaints because people didn't like booking so far in advance, so... Maybe for those people that complained and ruined everything, they'll like this. No, I think it's going to be better. So, <laughs> and I sound like a different person, yes. except for the pay for play you part. Do. So we'll see how it all comes out. But if you want to do Walt Disney World your way, I really think you should ignore the noise. I think all of this new Disney stuff combined with our tips about booking hotels and dining and events at the top of the show will make it much easier for you to have a less stressful, more enjoyable, and more custom it's very Walt Disney World vacation. So we'll see what happens. We'll, of course, follow this up over time as we experience it for ourselves in the coming months. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes. But always remember, try to de-stress and have fun on your Walt Disney World vacations. And hopefully you do with our show, whether or not you agree with us. We know we all have different opinions. And that's the fun of talking Disney, everyone. Yes. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We wish you a magical week. We'll see you again next week and at 1923 Main Street on social media. Bye-bye.